Merry Christmas, Chapelgate, and thanks for joining us. Over the next four weeks, we will be taking time to explore the unimaginable Jesus by looking at the ways that Christmas carols capture the truth and hope of the gospel story. We hope that these episodes enhance your Advent experience and that you walk away from them feeling the peace, hope, and joy that this Christmas season is all about. Welcome back to week four of your Advent journey here on our Chapelgate mini-series. Uh, again, we've been looking at Christmas carols and examining um, some of the truth and power of the lyrics as it pertains to Christmas in this Advent season. We look forward and long forward um, for the arrival of Jesus Christ. And again, I'm joined here by Pastor Dan and today by Blanca as well. And the three of us are going to be discussing O Holy Night. So um, Dan, why don't you get us started? What, what, what do you love about this song that that made you want to talk about it. Yeah, I think, um, well, we, we, we talked previously uh, in one of the previous episodes about how um, e- each of the songs that we looked at uh, really kind of lived in this contrast between our experience of darkness in the world and the light that Jesus brings. Uh, we started off with O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, that really expressed a sense of longing um, and then uh, with What Child Is This and O Come All Ye Faithful, both of those had uh, that that sort of darkness and light kind of pressed right up against each other. And, and I feel like we sort of come full circle with O Holy Night, uh, because this song, again, really expresses uh, just a deep longing and waiting uh, that that was expressed by O Come, O Come, Emmanuel as well. So I feel like it it kind of comes full circle, and it, and it makes a lot of sense to hit that hit that theme one more time as as we um, we have Christmas just a few days away now. Right. Yeah. The Holy Night, indeed, just a few days away. So uh, why don't you go ahead, Dan, and introduce our guest, and then we'll dive into the Christmas Carol together. Yeah. Great. Uh, well, uh, Blanca, hello. Uh, great to have you with us. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Uh, so uh, Blanca Colon, you you have been a member at Chapelgate for an, a number of years. How long have you been at Chapelgate? Since 1992. 1992. That was um, I was a freshman in high school that year. I was Rob, were you even one. born? Oh, I was born. I was one. <laughs> I was one. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm wrong. 1990. Oh no, I wasn't born. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Um, so, so Blanca, thank you for, for joining us today. Uh, we're really excited to, to get to hear from you. Um, and, and I wanted to start off, uh, you, you, um, uh, are not originally from Maryland. Uh, you grew up in Puerto Rico. Is that right? That is correct. Um, and, and so I'm just curious, uh, for you, um, what's what's different in in Christmas celebrations uh, between Puerto Rico versus versus here in Maryland? What what are some of the things that you experienced as a child growing up that some of us might not be familiar with? Well, uh, to tell you the truth, my experience celebrating Christmas changed dramatically once I moved to Florida for four years and then to Maryland. Um, we have a tradition down in Puerto Rico that our big 
Christmas dinner is done on Christmas Eve instead of Christmas Day. Christmas Day is for opening presents with the family and spending the time with them. But before that, and including Christmas Eve, we have the big dinners. And that's where we gather with other people. Now, um, they like to party down there. So uh, <laughs> I, they make a party about anything. And I'm not sure if it's still done because I've been away for so long and I haven't spent Christmas in Puerto Rico for 30, over 35 years. But I do remember as a youngster, uh, what was called La Parranda, which was a group of people, some taking musical instruments with them, and they would show up by surprise at a family member's house or a friend's house, mostly in the middle of the night. Uh, they would stand outside the house singing Christmas songs and carols until the owners of the house would open, uh, wake up and open the, uh, the door for them. Once inside oh my, the house. Yes, oh my goodness, in, that's amazing. Once inside the house, they would sing some more, you know, and laugh and talk and then maybe eat some snacks and have some drinks. And then the family that was being visited would have to come along with them to the next victim's air quotes house. So the group got bigger and bigger until the wee hours of the night. So every time you went to a house, those people had to join the group and go to another uh, person's house. So yeah, it was pretty rowdy, but it was fun. That's incredible. I, I think a lot of people would be way more interested in like doing your tr traditional Christmas carols <laughs> if that was the model, right? Hey, let's go, let's go over to Dan's house. We're gonna sing until he invites us in and gives us food. And then he has to come with us when we go to like Pastor Mike's house and do the same thing. Oh man, that's great, Blanca. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, so so I guess uh I, I'm I'm assuming that the carols that you're singing are in Spanish. Um, are, are they uh, carols that, that we might be familiar with, um, like similar tunes, or, or are there different carols that you sing? We do sing Christmas carols down there, uh, but some are the same after being translated to Spanish, and others are our own with own letter, uh, Latin flavor. Okay. So yeah. we have both. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and um, one of the things Rob shared with us uh, in one of the previous um, carols was, uh, you know, we're familiar with them in English, but some of them don't actually didn't start out as English carols. Some of them started in in Germany or France, and and so have gone through multiple translations anyway. Um, so that's that's interesting. So our uh, our, our focus uh, today is on O Holy Night. Um, and, uh, the, the first verse, um, uh, really talks about, uh, that, that sense of longing, that sense of, of expectancy. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit dark, uh, because it, it talks about, it says long lay the world in sin and error pining, um, bit of, bit of flowery language there. Uh, but it, it's really talking about, uh, not only the fact that that people are trapped in in the power of sin, but they're also 
trapped by the fact that they keep pursuing erroneous ways to get out of sin. There's they're sort of stuck. They don't see the way out. And and sin really has this effect that it it just sort of clouds our judgment and, and our ability to even see a way out of that. Um and 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 they're just uh we're pining, we're looking for something, we're hoping for a way out, but we don't see a way out. Um, and and Blanca, I, I just I wondered as as you think about that that verse, uh, the the start of this song, um, you know, where do you see people around you uh, waiting for for some sign of hope that things are going to get better in the world? Well, I do see a lot of people uh, longing for how things used to be, and hoping for something to change and maybe go back to how it was uh and many look for for that change like you said very well you know in different ways and probably the wrong way uh some of them look for political change or drinking or partying uh relationships and and i see that pain uh, in people. In my case, uh, I do mourn uh, all the evil going on in this world, but I have a very good understanding of whom I have believed and in whom my hope is. So this gives me the incentive to continue pushing forward in the faith, but not a lot of people have that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Blanca, I love, I love how you talked about, um, you know, some of the things that people look at are, you know, would be things that we would say, hey, that's a good thing to pursue. Like some of the political changes, uh, political solutions seem on the surface, like they might help make the world get better. And and some of them have, some of them haven't, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but but at the same time, um, those those aren't the things that ultimately bring the hope that we're looking for. Um, and uh, and I also I, I liked what you were saying about sometimes people look backwards like we we want it to be the way it used to be, um, and uh, and I actually think you know uh, people in Jesus's day that was one of the things people were looking to get back to when you know Rome wasn't in charge uh, in in um, uh, in Jerusalem, um, and so uh, but again I think. Uh, the hope of Christmas, the hope that Jesus offers, is uh, slightly a different hope. It's it's looking for for things uh, to change in a different way. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the the song uh, the the next line it, it continues and it says um, so the 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 world lay in sin and error pining and and it says until he appeared. And the soul felt its worth. Um, why do you think? Why do you think the songwriter chose to use that language to speak of the soul feeling its worth? Oh, the songwriter. I think that um, he must have felt the hopelessness that we all feel many times, until you know you come to terms realizing that. He could only find his true worth in Jesus, our Lord. So how important must we be to God to send his son to redeem us regardless of our past and our many sins? And it's overwhelming. And I'm sure 
it was overwhelming for him as well for the songwriter. Yeah, I agree completely. I, I think one of the things that we see often in church is this is like over we over uh, value our own sinfulness, not that we're not sinful, but we just go straight to this, you know, if, if I can borrow a term worm theology, you know, I'm, I'm awful. I'm, I'm just this wicked, nasty person. I'm, I'm not, I'm not worth anything. And like scripture cries out in the face of that, that that's a lie. And I, I love this line, right? The soul felt its worth when, not until Jesus appeared because it's in the presence of Jesus. And I realized that he is so perfect and I am so sinful. And yet he gives everything to me, gives it all to me. All the glory of God is in, in our presence at the, at the foot of the cross and in, in the manger. And, and so we go, wow, like Blanca said, God did that for me. Well, I can't, I can't be useless, right? I can't be worthless. God would never do that for a worthless worthless creature. No, we are children and a father does all things for his child. I mean, incredible worth. Amen to that. Yeah, that's good. Um, Blanca, you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording uh, about your family. Um, so you have, uh, you have children, you have grandchildren as well. Uh, how many grandchildren do you have? I have six grandchildren and one great granddaughter. Oh, you have a great granddaughter. Wow. Bisabuela. <laughs> She's seven years old. She's going to be eight in February. That, that is wonderful. Um, I, I just wonder, how, how do you try to show your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchild, um, the worth that they have. How, how does, because I know that's something you, that's really important to you is communicating that love, sharing that love that you've experienced from Jesus. How do you try to show them the worth that they have? Well, uh, one of the main things I do is listening intently to whatever they choose to talk to me about. It can be something silly. It can be something that I'm not really even interested in something that is important to them, but not important to me, but I will show the same attention, the same interest uh, in the same respect, uh, regardless, so that they understand that they're important to me and they have my undivided attention. And I also try to help them in any way I can and as much as I can. That's good. I love that. Um... You know, Rob, as as a, a dad of a young child, um, you know, I, I just I wonder, um, you know, how how do you as, as you've kind of navigated that that parent world, how do you kind of think about helping your boys understand the worth that they have? And and I mean, do you, do you listen to everything they have to say, like like Blanca does or, you know, what what how do you think about that? Well, I, I I could never ever in my life be as good as Blanca. That's for sure. I am yeah. <laughs> not as good a listener. Um, yeah, I think for us, as Kate and I have talked about, how are we how are we raising our boys? Um, one of the things as it comes to worth, as it comes to value, is to draw the the massive distinction between God based worth and and human-based worth right a lot of what we see right now in in young people is this like 
incredible drive and tenacity that's also met on the opposite side with this like incredible low self-esteem because everything I do has to be proving to everybody around me that I am worthy, right? And we see that in our gender ideologies. We see that in our jobs. We see it in our in our um, achievements in school. And the truth is, you know, we're all different and we're all created differently. And that's wonderful. But my goodness, to be made in the image of God, right? I mean, that's talk about worth that at the pinnacle of creation, God made man and woman and says, you are very good. And so for us, like helping Brad and Alex see just as you are, the fact that you have breath in your lungs, you are incredibly of incredible worth. And we love you because of who you are, not what you do. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. And, and Blanca, uh, what I love about, you know, what you shared about just listening to whatever they had to say or whatever, whatever they have to say, um, you're, you have to be present to listen. I mean, through, through technology, you, you, you don't have to be physically present, but you, you have to be present with whoever you're listening to your grandchildren, your great grandchildren, um, in order to, to hear them. And, 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 and I think that gets back to this, this reality that the, the song communicates, um, is the soul feels its worth when Jesus appears, when God comes to be with humanity, uh, there's 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 something very powerful that we do for anyone by simply being with them. We communicate, you are someone worth being with. Amen. And and the power for that really comes from from God's the you know the 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 big theological word is the incarnation. God taking on flesh, becoming a man to be with us. Um, and so I, you know, I, I, I just, we can't, we can't hit on that enough. I think it is important also not only to listen, because you can make believe you're listening and you're just thinking something else, but to engage in their conversation, uh, ask questions, you know, so that they know you are paying attention to what they're saying. Uh, it is important to you what they're talking to you about. I used to, when, when my girls were younger, they used to do this thing where they would grab my face. They'd put their hands on each side of my face and like turn it towards them and get right in my face and say, dad, are you listening now? <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, because I would often be be you know there, but not really listening. You know, not mm -hmm. really present. So, um, I you know, Rob touched a little bit on this in terms of the the struggle that people have to believe their worth. Um, you know, Blanca, uh, you know, you're you're one of the the mothers in the faith, really in in our church. Um, you've you've been uh, following Jesus for a long time. You've lived a lot of life. Um, what do you think it is that makes it harder for, for older folks, you know, folks in your generation to believe their worth? Well, uh, in reality, and as part of that, uh, older generation myself, um, 
I believe that um, we live at a time in which respect towards the elderly has been lost. And uh, no longer are we seen as mature, experienced, and with a wealth of knowledge gained throughout the years in this world as it used to be, but just as old and not worth listening to. So the same way that we pay attention to what our children say or grandchildren, uh, we would love for that to be given to us, for our opinion to be uh, listened to, you know, at least give it a chance. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you tell uh, younger generations, um, you know, what you think about something and they take it like, oh, that's old folk, you know, stuff that uh, uh, is not worth even taking a look at it. And that's really sad. And, and so people lose that, that sense of worth because they feel like they're nobodies. Uh, you know, I'm just here taking a spot in this world and I'm not important to anybody. Yeah, I I think. Um, well, thank thanks for sharing that, Blanca. I um, I I think that there's a gift that we all have to give to one another is is that listening and and valuing uh, one another's presence. Yeah, I th I think what you said is great, Blanca. I feel that there is a dismissal you know we yeah. my peers i see it even um and i'm not talking about my peers at chapelgate just you know my friends from college and stuff it, you know you i can't tell you how many people i've seen where i mean it's an opportunity like you wouldn't believe you know you got this guy he's he's been at the company for for 30 years and he comes by and he says hey you know if you ever want to go out to lunch sometime and it's like yeah like you're saying like the young guys just like why would i do that you know, like mm. you're still using a Palm pilot, you know, it's like, and it's yeah. so quickly dismissed. And yet at the same time, like scripture clearly paints a picture that, you know, wisdom is that crown of crown of glory. And, you know, there's a lot to be offered. And I think that's something really that the modern church as a whole kind of misses out on. And I know we're not here to talk church, but I do think there's a level of um, great truth and in that truth, great sadness that uh, our younger generation misses out on when we don't have those intergenerational relationships, because maybe we just don't see that actually in Jesus, we're all one giant body. We're one family, regardless of age and stage or, or even um, affinity group. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know, I, I, um, the, the last thing that I really wanted to ask you, Blanca, was uh, just kind of in light of our conversation about this song and as you've been thinking about it, um, you know, if there's if there's anything that that you would want to do, like practically speaking, uh, you know, in light of our conversation this week. But but before I ask you that, I, I'm going to ask myself that question, um, because I just hearing you, I now want to be more conscious of the people that I might not listen to or or that that I've been around that I simply haven't taken the time to see and to listen to. So so the thing I want to do this week is to look is there somebody maybe maybe it's somebody at church um maybe it's somebody um you know in my family 
um, that I have not had the opportunity or or not taken the opportunity to listen to and and just to be intentional um, about listening to them. So that's that's what I want to do in light of our conversation. I had no idea that's where this was going to go. Uh, but um, uh, you know what I, I don't know, you know, as you've thought about it, uh, you know how you, anything you might like to do this week. See what? happens when you listen to the older people I, I exactly exactly <laughs> I'm so glad we had you on today well you know in my case uh oh holy night is one of my very favorite songs uh and I enjoy listening to it frequently so I want to make sure that I always remember and never forget for even a split moment what I have in Jesus and what awaits me in him. Because these uh, days, you know, it's very easy to get depressed and disappointed and, and always see as gloom and doom. And, you know, we think, when is this going to end and all that? And I want to, every day, I want to uh, be more aware of what Jesus has given me and, and, you know, this wonderful relationship that we are allowed to have with him that we don't deserve, but we're allowed to have it, you know, and, uh, and I want to be a model to the younger, the younger people, you know, to my children and children that they can see that I trust the Lord, you know, and that, and that I love the Lord. And that I want the same thing for them. So uh, I think, and this is not just these days, but I want this to become like everyday thing for the rest of my life here, uh, that I will always cherish this, you know, this wonderful salvation. Instead of looking at the physical, I have a tendency to to take a look at what I see with my eyes, but I want to go beyond that, you know, always thinking about what's behind this. The Lord is always in control. I have nothing to fear. Uh, and that's my goal because I have a tendency to, to get a little bit fearful <laughs> about things, you know, and so I have to remind myself all the time, the Lord is in control. Don't forget that. He's always in control. He knows what he's doing and he will never, ever fail you. So when I have situations when um, I feel like I don't know how to handle this, Lord, you know, what's going to happen from that? I can see beyond what I see before, right before me that I can just wait on him. You know, mm -hmm. he's given me plenty of examples of situations where I didn't know where to go, what to do. And there he was opening the door, you know. So I want to keep uh, that in mind from now on for always. <laughs> That's great. Blanca, um, thank you so much. I, I am, I'm just thankful that God has put you in our community and yes. we have you. We have you thank as you. an example uh, that we can, that we can look uh, to somebody who who is following Jesus, who has experienced His faithfulness, 
Um, and so you, um, you, you give us a great gift. So thank you, sister. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Well, in the, in the true spirit of things, everyone, we know that, um, you're just a couple, a couple nights away, I think from Christmas. So, um, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad. And, uh, thanks for listening. Feliz Navidad. Thank you all. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. We have seen a great light. The unimaginable Jesus is here, shining in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome him. On behalf of everyone here at Chapelgate Church, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening.